everyone, and welcome back to Uncomfortable Chai Chats. I'm your host, Tanvi. Well, I should probably say my name properly, right? Yeah. Okay, we're going to redo that. No. Well, um, I'm your host, Tanvi, and today we have a very, very special guest. Um, We have... Abhinav. We have Abhinav Palasetti. He'll introduce himself in just a minute. But if you are new here, welcome to the pod. We talk about all things uncomfortable, all things taboo, and all things your parents will probably not talk to you about. So think of me as a big sister or a mom figure. You know, whatever you want, really. But <laughs> but I am here to talk about these topics and explore them with different guests who are incredibly knowledgeable and um so sweet and i'm running out of adjectives to describe them but they're truly incredible so please 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 listen to my other podcast if you haven't already um you can find them on the same link below um and i'll also attach it to link in the below description okay you know what no need to make fun of me but i will attach it to the spotify and as always we highlight incredible scholarly articles written by south asian authors so i will also attach those in the description of the pod um these are fantastic fantastic pieces please go read them i understand that it could be a a lot to consume but truly it is so engaging today we're highlighting a specific topic we're talking about being in a relationship and dating in the u.s Um, And kind of reflecting on what it was like in India for this certain guest's parents. Um, Does castle matter? What matters truly? How hard is it to navigate? And like, how does that affect mental health? A whole host of topics. Um, So yeah, and the pieces we're highlighting today are three main articles. So we're talking about the Joseph et al. article, which uh, basically talks about mental health and South Asian women and men. It's a mixed method study that (laughs) he just dropped a pistachio, but it's a mixed method study on how mental health is depicted and how it eventually leads to um, disruption or mass blowouts within South Asian women and men. Um, the second article we're highlighting are, is by Kuruvetor et al. And it's about predictors of cultural values and conflicts for Asian Indian women. And the third one is by Durham et al., which is about constructing the new ethnicities and about the diaspora of South Asian immigrant women and finding themselves in the dating life in the U.S. versus here. So we have quite a few pieces that we're pulling from, but I will be your host to summarize it all for you. And it's going to be super great and super fun. And I hope you enjoy following along. Um, so why don't we get right into it? So our uh-huh. guest today is Abhinav Palasetti. Why don't you tell a little bit about yourself? Where are you from? Um, what school do you go to? So my name is Abhinav. I go to the API. I'm a biomedical engineer. And I... Robotics minor? Yeah, robotics minor. <laughs> and I am currently... In the process of getting, like, a full-time job. Yeah. So, yeah. Life is super fun. We're both seniors. Both in the job market right now. Not at all related to this pod, but a difficult time out there. Yeah. Um, and why don't you tell us a little bit about your experience with relationships? Like, we're getting right into the nitty-gritty. The other guests had a little bit of prep time. Uh, a little bit of warm-up, if you will. Before okay. we got into it, but why don't you just tell us about your dating experience? 
So, who is your? I mean, like, how long have you been dating your partner? And I've been dating her now for almost about four years, or more than four years at this point. And oh yeah, four years and six months. Four and a half years for those of you who need translation. Which is almost five. I don't know why he can't just say almost five years. No. Anyways, yeah, I, I'm no way related to this person, so. Um, what was the question? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so tell us a little bit about her. How did you meet her? Uh, yeah. Um, did you both, like, grow up in the U.S.? Like, tell us a little bit about your backgrounds. Yeah, so I met her in my senior year at high school. Mm. Uh, we had a mutual friend, and I got very close to her over that senior year. And typically, in my family, we're not—I'm not really supposed, to, I'm not really allowed to date within high school because it was like, oh, you got to focus on your studies. You can't let that focus of being with girls hinder your focus on studies um, because they all like they believe that notion due to like watching american shows and like how that like hinders your um mind or stuff like that so within my family it was not like too strict but it was like you need to make sure to focus so um Mm. when we did get together i kind of hid it from everyone just because I was a little bit nervous about how, like, my friends or my family... And did you, would, would you say that you guys hid it from your community as well? Yeah, I hid it from almost basically everyone for at least six months. And then after the six months, I, was, I, was, I graduated high school, I was already going to college. And my parents are always said, like, oh, once you're in college, you can, it's your life, you decide what you want to do. Um, so I wanted to be honest with them and I wanted to introduce, well, they've already, they had already met her before because we went to prom together, but they didn't, they had their like preconceptions <laughs> that we were together, You're right, of but course. they didn't really like say it. Mm-hmm. So then when I did tell them, um, my dad took it normally he was under he's like yeah this is the age so it's pretty typical especially for people in america my mom was a little bit more shocked and was she though like did she was she no she knew but like hearing the words Uh, yeah hearing the hearing the words from me were a little bit shocking Mm -hmm. and it caused a little bit of tension and not argument, but like a heated discussion, you can say, between me and her. Um, I think she had a good heart in just saying that, like, I need to make sure that I focus on studies, always get the A, because my parents are paying so much for me to go to a good college. So don't let a girl get to you and, like, hinder your studies. So I understood all of that, and mm-hmm. I tried to understand where they're coming from. But... At the same time, I kind of wanted to prove them wrong, saying that I could be in a relationship and also maintain my grades. Yeah, And so now to this day, I have a 4.0, graduating <laughs> college. 
Yeah, you are. Highlanders. Okay. Still in a relationship. So I feel like that myth, at least for me, Mm -hmm. for my parents, has been busted. And over the years, they've realized, like, okay, this this girl is not a hinder. In fact, she is the major reason that you're able to perform this well. And so I think they slowly started to understand. And so that kind of mentality is now becoming a lot more free for my younger brother. So Mm. they still are a little bit like... The younger brother reaping off your benefits, huh? I had to walk so he could run. Of course. Well, okay, yeah, we'll revisit the topic on whether... Whether, you know, South Asian parents, like, they carry that same mentality. I mean, mine did too when I introduced my partner. Um, And they were... I mean, given the same reasons, for the for the most part, I mean, I'm a woman, so there's a clear difference there. I think for my dad, it was honestly a little less about my studies. For my mom, it was definitely because she's a career woman, right? She's very focused on her life and um, her career and her excellence. And she thinks, I mean, like, bottom line, and I don't think she means it in a bad way, and I completely agree with her on this. Bottom line, children can be hindrances and I feel like Mm -hmm. that's a take that not many people want to accept I mean they again they are beautiful and they're gifts to the world but at the same time you cannot sit here and tell me that children are not going to make a difference on your life especially as a career-driven woman Mm. right so in my mom's experience having a family and she had a family at 21 she was rather young like that young hindered her career. I mean, it didn't stop it, right? She still excelled. But put a setback. But it, it did provide a setback. And there's no argument between her and I on that she would have been much further if she didn't also have the obligation to take care of her kids, right? And that's not to say she regrets having kids. It's just to say that call a duck a duck and say that, you know, it is it is obvious that you can get a little bit further when you only have yourself to take care of, right? Yeah. Not two, three other human beings, um and i think for her that kind of seeped into the way she perceived dating so while she wasn't necessarily against me dating she did acknowledge the fact that well make sure you know your work and your career are coming first i mean you're going to college this is the most pivotal point in your life i'm not saying don't date in fact you should date but like if this guy like know how to cut your losses basically like if this guy is stopping you from being the best version of yourself don't be with him and i think that that was completely valid but i think my dad also had a similar notion of like okay well you're a girl and you're young and the only thing he knew was arranged marriages i mean his father my grandfather died very very young he died at 30 so he didn't really he wasn't really there for my father's sisters so my aunts right and so my aunts just kind of got both of them were shockingly love marriage and my dad was super against love marriages because he was like how do you know this is gonna work out how do you know this is even written in the like uh, the stars you know like hinduism is it is it destiny like are their families good and for the longest time he almost ruined his relationship with his sisters because of it and i think he kind of felt that same loss of control because he took that intrinsic father role once his father died and I think he felt that loss of control when I came home and I was a seat. Like, I only told him I had a partner a year and a half into my partner and I dating. Mm-hmm. So at that time, I was a senior in high school. Um, and I think he felt that loss of control again. And he was like, well, shit. Like, 
I don't know what to do anymore. And he wasn't necessarily the happiest, but he also knew, like, she's going to college and she's going to do what she wants at the end of the day. Like, I can't watch her every move. And I'm not going to sit here and say I never hid anything from my parents. I was, like, number one at hiding things you from my parents. You had to for that yeah. year and a half. You had to do the spoofing <clears throat> of the location. <clears throat> yeah, like, I had to fake my location. I had to, like, send pictures of who I was with. <clears throat> Excuse me. But, yeah, so I want, like, we'll revisit the topic on whether or not dating is a distraction. I mean, like I said previously, call a duck a duck, right? Like, I can objectively talk about something and I understand things are blessings, but is is it truly is it truly something that will hold you back? And we'll get back to that. So if you're interested in that topic, just keep listening to this pod. But let's get into it. So you talked a little bit about your parents' reaction regarding it, and mm-hmm. your dad and mom had a little bit of different reactions, and that could be attributed to their personality and the assimilation to the country. Mm-hmm. But how do you think it's changed over time? And what do you think the most significant change was in their perception of dating and love? I mean, you've been dating her for almost five years now, right? Yeah. So what what is the perception now? How do they welcome her? Or do they involve her? How does, how does it, what's the dynamic? So, I mean, in the beginning, like, when um, everyone first met for, like, a lunch, it was obviously very formal. Um, (laughs) Of course, the hello, sir. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But she she put her impression onto them very strongly and very graciously in the very first meet. So I think that really set the tone for them of, like, okay, this is a respectable girl, this is a girl that um, knows what she's worth. She she is career driven. She is uh, studious, focused, um, and desires to grow in her career. So, mm-hmm. I think that gave them a lot of comfort in knowing, like, okay, this is a girl that's not going to set him back, but this is going to be a girl that will actually push him. Um, and that's just grown a lot over time, and so. I think because of me proving through my like academics and through my experiences with work and internships and all of that and also her talking about her work, her experiences, her academics, they grew a lot of lot a lot of trust um within the relationship to the point of now it's like super comfortable. They will they will text her more than they text me at times. <laughs> That's a good sign. And I think also because she's so deep-rooted into her culture as well, that helps a lot because they know that the culture won't be lost because I (laughs) don't really know a lot of the traditions, but luckily she does. So um, I think they're comforting in knowing that, like, okay, the traditions will be passed down and I think they're very happy with the outcomes of that. And so they've grown a lot more um, loose to the point at which, like, we can talk a, lo- a lot more about the relationship. But there is still some, like, stuff that's, like, spoken. That's, like, unspoken. Every- yeah, unspoken. As in, like, everyone knows it, but no one will speak it. Like, Could you give me some examples? When they, like, like for instance, in the in the middle parts when they were comfortable with my girlfriend but like 
not comfortable in showing it to society because of all the like norms and like how the family yeah, would what react. What people think, you know? Yeah, so they would be like, "Oh, this is Ubby's really good friend or close friend," but um, they wouldn't like call her girlfriend. But then mm-hmm. in front of like friends that are here in the U.S., they would say girlfriend. So mm-hmm. there's and still even now I think. Close friend is still dropped occasionally, yeah. right? Close friend is still occasionally dropped. And I don't... I can't even remember the last time they mentioned you as a girlfriend. They would either say your name directly to me. Like, oh, can you ask Thunvi to do this? Or something to do that. In the beginning, they would say, oh, can you ask your friend? Or, mm-hmm. But I think the terminology is still, like, very, like taboo as in like they're all still very new to this just like how i am because i'm their firstborn so this is the first time they're experiencing all of this the only other times they've heard about it is through family friends right and so we're now at an especially with our family friend group we're now at an age where this is all starting to become a lot more real so <laughs> all the family friends are like experiencing a form of this in some way shape or form um and i think it's just like a it's like a huge shift in how they used to perceive things to now what it is yeah i think well i definitely agree that like i mean my parents have changed a whole host since the beginning i mean now they like die to talk to my partner they i think they actually like him more than they like me <laughs> but they love him they want to talk to him they want to include him in all the family gatherings and all of our like sacred rituals which are called pujas so they include him in all the pujas and you know like poor thing he's he's like forced to sit through two hour pujas like every every couple weeks but i mean my parents love love him um and i think that's super important to me Um, And I'm glad that they're growing. I mean, I also have an older brother who dated but never really brought home anyone serious up until a couple years ago. Um, So the idea of marriage or, you know, the idea of marriage has definitely seeped into my parents' mind. So what I want to know is, like, how is the M word looking for you? I mean, have Uh, you dropped it in the house? Have you not? So I've been trying to provide (laughs) hints, but I think that's the next biggest hurdle because her family is very open openly talk about marriage and like oh when's it gonna happen what's it gonna look like what you gonna wear yeah (laughs) but with my family i think it's all very new um so i'm kind of testing the waters because i'm one of the older kids in the family friends so i'm hoping that someone else goes first someone else can go first (laughs) so they i can see how they're reacting and luckily my oldest cousin is getting married and it's a love marriage and Mm -hmm. so i'm seeing this is on my mom's side so i'm especially curious as to how my mom is going to react to the marriage and how she takes it and i think so far like during the engagement ceremony all that she took it uh really well and like i was looking especially at my grandpa seeing how well he took it um and i think i'm very curious as to how it'll play out because my parents I think want me to first have a very stable job and like 
do my master's before I get married, but mm. I don't know how that's going to turn out, especially for me, because I don't know. I'm planning on doing a master's soon, but I don't know exactly when. And there's no set timeline on anything. So at any point, either like an engagement could happen or like the master's could have no idea. But I'm curious. I'm trying to figure out slowly. And I think when I move back to Houston um, for to do my full-time job, I get to see because now... My parents will now be in a mindset because luckily now they don't have to focus on my brother too much anymore because he's now going into college. So Right. So you think they're going to start getting ready for that next yeah, step? Yeah, I think, I think the first step for them was to like, okay, push your kids into college, make sure they have secure jobs. Well, now you're going to uh, live with her, right? Yeah, now I'm going to live with her. So now I'm going to see how they react to that. So far, so good. <laughs> um, and I'm going to... Because my mom will now be a lot more, um, a lot less, like, distracted from my brother's studies and constantly making him make sure that he's studying well in high school and all that. Now that he's classes? Yeah, <laughs> passing, getting good grades in his classes. I think now he'll have, she'll have a lot more open time. So mm. I think the dynamic in the household is going to change, and I think it might be ready to start talking about marriage but still trying to figure out how exactly I should approach it should I approach my parents at the same time should I talk to my dad because so far in the past he seemed to be a lot more open with how Americans do Mm -hmm. things so he's understood the American culture a little bit faster than my mom especially because my dad went took did his master's here so he -hmm. has a little bit more time here and he knows how kind of like the system the system kind of works. works. Yeah, slightly. They still know about the same amount, but it's it's hard because I think also as kids of immigrants, we like try to assimilate as much of our roots with American culture as we can. Um, so the yeah. idea of a proposal for those of you who don't know is not necessarily normal for people from where we're from in South India, like normally you would have something called a nishidambulam and it it could vary between what it's called per language. But as South Indians, because Abhi Abhi is and so am I, um, we have this thing called nishidambulam, which is when the families meet and it's kind of like a formal exchange amongst them stating that, okay, we're going to be engaged to be married, um, but the families are engaged, right? So it's a huge thing. And I think in India... An Indian culture, like, there's a certain age where girls should get married and a certain age where guys should get married, and they're not necessarily aligning too much. So yeah. the, the issue is, like, I think with women's family, women, g- g- girls, daughters, whatever, um, their family tends to want you to get married a little younger, and that's because of biological things, but also, uh, you know, social influences. Yeah. Um, men, they tend to want you to, like, it's not as much pressure, I would say. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, it's not as much pressure, but typically it's around, like, age 30 to 35. Like, you know, later. I mean, for women, personally, my parents are, like, 
about ready for me to get married in a few years right and i'm 20 right now so like it wouldn't logistically make sense for a lot of women especially in american culture and especially growing up here to have a 10-year age gap with their partner Mm -hmm. and i think that's the issue that we're running into um and it's super interesting to note that because a lot of the scholarly articles that we mentioned also notice this gap and there are big gaps big age gaps between previous marriages at least yeah. big with air quotes and what they'd perceive like, here my parents i think are seven years apart right seven years apart yeah yeah so are mine seven years apart which is big for US, i mean western culture yeah. right um but for abby and his partner i mean like their their clocks gotta align i mean one family might want them to get married pretty early and the other one pretty late so they gotta find some sort of neutral ground yeah. um and yeah, so, I mean, I guess that'll pivot to my next question. Like, do you feel a pressure to navigate your relationship in a certain way based off of pressures from either family? Um, I think I'm starting to feel the pressure a little bit now just because I've talked with my parents about, like, not about marriage, but just about, like, just after college. Expectations. What life, yeah, what life yeah. should be like. And... My parents are like, okay, you should have a job, get your master's, do whatever you want before you settle mm. down. Mm. And in this case, when you have a marriage, in, especially in like South Indian culture, I don't know about India as a whole, but from it's my perception... It's considered settling down. Yeah, get, once you're married, that's considered settling down. Because then once you're married, the next step is kids, and then there's this whole... There's this whole, like, cycle. Like, you have marriage, and one year later, kids, and then... Yeah, basically, you're supposed to get married and have kids, and then your job is to raise kids. Like, but, they don't really perceive... Well, I don't want to generalize, but as the scholarly article, oh, scholarly articles have noted, um, there is somewhat of an expectation that once you get married, like, you have now elevated to the level of, okay, now you're ready to have kids. Okay, now yeah. you're ready to have a house, settle in one place, work a nine-to-five, and focus on your children and raise them, and then the cycle continues. Yeah, but I don't necessarily want to follow that exact schedule. Like, yes, I want to do those things, but not in that timeline. Like, if I want to be married, I want to be engaged, and then stay engaged for, like, two Mm -hmm. years. And then if if we have the money and we have the time, get married, and then stay married for, like, two years stay married for two years like stay uh married without kids for two years and then when we think we're ready consider having kids but i i want to extend that timeline a lot more than what like typically in the culture it is and i think i have to convey that to my parents when i'm explaining this stuff to them because that would be a very crucial otherwise thing. they're gonna have the conception of like oh if you want to do it then that means this is gonna happen which means this is gonna happen which means you're not gonna be able to get your masters or mm-hmm. get your house in time and all yeah, of this marriage stuff. equals kids equals you're not gonna be free for 18 years of your life at yeah. least right so I, I yeah so there's like certain pressures in the way you want to navigate in the way you want to run your life and you know something that i've found with some of my western companions is the oftentimes they would be like oh just like who cares like do what yeah. you want like it's your life but that's not really how it's not as easy as that um that's what i would like to say i think yeah. and you can maybe agree or disagree but yeah i would i would agree with that because yeah maybe like 
I feel like it's the diff. That's the difference between like Western culture here and then Indian culture is that Indian culture it's ingrained for like familial obligations, making sure you support your family, making sure you um, take into account the other people's family, and like there, like you shouldn't just be thinking about yourself, but you need to think about the others around you. Yeah, and so yes, that may be a good thing and bad thing, but. That that is what it is, right? Essentially, okay. So wrapping up on that topic, I just want to switch gears a little quickly to cast. Um, so one thing I wanted to talk about was, and something that's noted and sometimes well known is that cast plays a huge role in who you get married to. So like I previously explained, and like the scholars I mentioned explain. Um, you get married to families, so you're binding. It's a social thing. It's an economic thing. It's a political thing. It's all of those. Yeah. Um, so because we have caste as a factor, um, even though it's banned in India, as we know from the United States as well, these disparities don't just go away as soon as you make them illegal. They don't just go poof. Yeah. Like they're ingrained in the system and ingrained in the people and ingrained in the education that it, it's cyclical and it continues. Those teachings continue. So how would you say, I mean, first of all, the caste difference between you and your partner, um, you want to acknowledge that? Yeah, so my partner's caste is the topmost Brahmin, and then I believe my caste is... The one under. No, it's like two under. Vaishya. Yeah, it's like Kshatriya or Vaishya. One of the the ones about the merchants. That's all I know. But I don't think the cast affected too much on my family side my family at least my immediate family like my mom my dad mm. my aunts and uncles don't really necessarily care as what i can tell um but her family initially had a reaction um knowing that if she was to get married to me she would drop the she would drop her brahmin caste which is a big thing um, because there are certain pujas you can't do anymore. There's well, can't is a little well, yeah. Yeah. So basically, in our culture, you're air quote open to do any puja, but there are some that are assimilated to Brahmins and some that are assimilated to non Brahmins, right? So Brahmins are known to be the priest caste. They're known to be closest to God. Again, huge air quotes. Um, and yeah, I guess when you marry below your caste especially a a woman will lose her status so men remain the same women drop to their partner status um and in that sense then she will drop to vaishya or shatriya or whatever you are um and how did that affect it i mean like is it still affecting it or do you do you Um, see yourself saying that i guess sounds like a later problem I currently don't see any, like, major effects. They seem to cons- uh, respect me in the same manner. Mm-hmm. Um, That's good. I feel like it may only affect during possibly the actual marriage itself, but I feel like that's a later <laughs> problem, and I don't really, yeah. like... To- At least right now, it currently doesn't seem to impact... Um, either one of us in a significant manner mm-hmm. i feel like if anything it's more of like a nuisance and like um 
something you kind of tease at like yeah just make fun of yeah like it's just making fun of like oh haha you're lesser cast <laughs> yeah i mean i think for me as well like the only concern really goes to if you're getting married in india and then your family members get involved and it's everyone has an opinion and some are a little dated than others um so naturally they may have a perspective on your wedding but to that i i will say like you know what if you're not a fan don't attend and that's that's the one where i'll draw the line because like as much as a marriage uh, well okay bottom line a marriage is something between two families and in our culture like you need to respect that you need to respect the choices that were made so um if If they're not respecting it it, like there's a door (laughs) yeah um so i think i agree with your partner in that sense um and the last thing that i kind of wanted to address was that big question is dating truly a hindrance i mean is it such a life-ending thing to happen i mean western kids date significantly younger than south asian kids or kids from the east and you can read all about this in the articles that i've prescribed but they date at a lot of a younger age um and there are certain studies that want to see if there's a correlation amongst like are they performing less in school because of that um and for that i really quickly putting my two cents in i think that it's up to the person and i think that there are people that can manage their time and there's people that make dating their whole life and that's to say as kids it'll happen as adults it'll happen i mean there's people that i know in college that make relationship their whole life and put their entire life on the back burner and when things end they kind of are lost and i'm i'm not i don't want to generalize in any way and say like you know what like dating is is a hindrance because i'm in a very happy relationship for me it worked because i am excellent at compartmentalizing and i'm also excellent at time management but most of all i couldn't slip up i mean i started dating before my parents allowed me to right and if i slipped up then it would kind of lead them on that something was wrong so i mastered the art of compartmentalizing my feelings and even though something terrible might have happened like five minutes before as soon as i stepped foot in my house nothing happened i'm good i'm happy i'm smiling and that's bad (laughs) um in some senses Mm -hmm. but i think that you know it taught me important lessons with work with life people are gonna hurt your feelings whether you have a relationship that's love or friendship or your boss, someone's going to piss you off. Someone's going to hurt your feelings. And feelings and emotions affect the way you run your life. And I think that's something that we cannot erase from. So I think going forward when I'm raising my kids, I'm not going to say, no, you cannot date because it's going to affect yeah. your grades. I think I'm going to say, you know what? Like, fine, I'm open. I mean, up to a certain age because when they start really yeah. young, it's a little concerning. But at a certain age, I'll be like, okay, go ahead, like, whatever, you know, you're your kid, you're exploring, you need to, you need to know about the stuff, um, and I will obviously encourage safety and precaution, but the second I see it affecting them a certain way, I would have a sit-down conversation with them, I'm not gonna say go break up with that person immediately, because come on, I remember being a teenager, I will do the exact opposite that my parents wanted me to do, but I will be like, hey maybe let's have a conversation about the way you're prioritizing um but do you resonate like what do you think about that yeah i think i would resonate (laughs) with what you said in that 
Relationships of all kind are. It depends on how the person views it. If, if they make it their whole life, whether like you said, a friendship, a or a relationship. It could be a hindrance, um, but that's only if you view it as a hindrance. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you view it like that, then it's gonna end up being like that. Exactly. So, I think. Me. Um, also, like, I had to learn in high school of, like, okay, I need to make sure that, like, the relationship shouldn't get to me, um, in making, that's, shouldn't get to me, and even in college when I'm dating, that was the most critical time of, like, I had to show my parents that, like, I can keep, I can separate the academics from the relationship, Mm -hmm. and that these two things don't aren't necessarily correlated Mm -hmm. but it's how you manage your time and how you deal with those obstacles a little unsolicited dating advice if the person you're with is not encouraging you making you a better person kind of dragging you down in any ways i mean uh education career wise whatever it may be that's not the yeah that's a red flag it's not the person for you um in my relationship i'm so content to say that even if we have our issues we're really good at supporting each other like okay let's get this done with this is priority number one and then let's address number two number three number four um but that takes a serious conversation an adult relationship and um you gotta seriously love each other and i can't say that high schoolers not all of them have the same maturity level to have that conversation um i think for like i said for some people can be a hindrance for others uh, it it might not affect them at all and i think it's a learning process Mm -hmm. so um yeah that's that's my two cents i mean i know that's not really a black or white answer like is dating at a young age that harmful yes or no i think it's uh it depends on the person um just like everything in life yeah just like everything you can't put a black and white cover on anything and with that i would like to wrap up a few points and say that you know today we talked about such uh nuances in our culture being south asian being south indian talking about love and how our parents view our um relationships and how they've progressed over time is something so interesting and so so beautiful to know um we all just have to be a little bit more respectful of relationships and the way the path they take because it's not a one-size-fits-all you know Mm -hmm. everyone takes their own uh, priorities everyone has their own priorities in terms of family in terms of culture in terms of dating so just let this be as a little disclaimer that you know show a little bit more compassion in your life um if your friend is running their relationship in a way that you disagree with like you know i get that can be tough i i understand that but it's not going to help them if they have another person judging them just be a good friend and have their back um but yeah, so I know that was a little bit of tangent away from what we talked about today, but it's an important thing to know. And once again, I would like to thank you so much for coming on our thank pod. Thank you for having me. And for having this lovely conversation. So open, so amazing. Um, and if you liked what you heard today, please be sure to check out all of like, our... Like, comment, and subscribe. Exactly. You know the drill. And check out all of our other podcasts. It is on my channel. Um, and we talk about super interesting things there, such as North and South India, gender, um and opposites chat so i talked to a person who was raised in massachusetts coming from a south asian woman uh daughter of immigrants so those are really interesting conversations and i would appreciate if you check them out thank you so much peace bye